Breakfast on SEN. Welcome back and welcome in if you're joining us just for the first time. SEN Summer Breakfast on this Thursday morning, 25th day of January. Sam Edmund with you. Kane Corns alongside me in the McCafe menu. Our official coffee partners. A pretty hectic one today and we're lucky to have it. Jared Waitley will preview the second test with us. Australia in the Windies pink ball style at the Gabba later on today. Danny Daly, one of our favourites, Brisbane General Manager of Football. Just to check in with how things are shaping up at the Gabba. Aaron Sipos, former Philly Eagles punter in the countdown to the Super Bowl. Brett Phillips with an Australian Open update. And maybe time for a couple of questions without notice as well. If you want to join us today, one 736 736 Been a busy first hour, but a couple of topics have been on your mind, uh, Kane, for this morning at a 7 o'clock. And one of them, if you're happy to stay there, is the coach of the Adelaide Football Club in the form of Matthew Nix, if that's where you wanted to start. I know it's yeah, something well, you've been monitoring. Well, we're going to speak about Michael Pell and, and the update on the yep. investigation into the, the umpire with the Brownlow betting scandal shortly. Um and you can, you can do that. I just thought it was interesting. I read in the Adelaide Advertiser, because we've discussed this, about when is the right time to extend your coach and would you do it now? And in particular, I've got my eyes focused on Fremantle and Adelaide. We we know uh, you've brought us the news about Michael Voss and, and that will happen before round one, you would think, and that would be the right call. But uh, Matthew Nix's contract talks have been delayed I just wonder whether it's a tactic from the Adelaide Football Club to buy themselves some time because maybe they're not sure. And and this is, I think, the right thing to do. Adelaide having to prioritise its Stebbenham project has helped delay a contract extension for coach Matthew Explain Nicks. that. Well, that's Explain just an that. excuse. Explain well, they're, they're, that. They're trying to set up their new base at Thebiton. There's been a whole heap of drama about where Adelaide would relocate to. They wanted to be in the city that was knocked back by the residents in North Adelaide uh, because it would sort of decimate the parklands and that was uh, knocked back. So they're going to move to Thebiton. But once again, there's been dramas with residents and all sorts of things trying to get this up. But surely that doesn't delay a coaching extension. I mean, they, these are high profile, high-powered people on a board who can mm. do two things at once. This drama around their base has been simmering for years. And you're not going to suggest that that has delayed Matthew Nix's contract extension. So the Crows, according to the advertiser, are still expected to give Nix a new deal in the first, sorry, the next few months, but it may not happen until after the season starts. So, so okay, so we're, we're, I guess we're philosophically opposed on this sort of issue, which is fun because it's good to have the debate with you. And we, we had it about this very man only pre-Christmas. Yeah. And I thought he'd done enough to earn one now. And your uh, line of thinking was, well, why, why now? I mean, what, what harm is there? What's the in, point? Yeah. And my thing was, well, it's the right thing to do. So you just look after your people, you bring them in, you don't expose them to things you don't need to expose them to. If you think he is the man then there is no reason to wait. Now, if they are going to wait, and this is an excuse. Well, if they you, don't think he's the well, man. It, my, no, what, and is this my, Yeah, my question to that. you is, is this highlight, highlighting that they aren't quite sure? That's yet. my point. Yeah, yeah so that, that's my point here. Because th- don't give me the excuse that, well, we can't recontract Matthew Nix now because our priorities are on Thebiton. I mean, I think you can do two things at once with how many people are on the board. Now, they've suggested that contract is that they're going to ramp up talks when Tim Silvers comes back to work after leave. He's the CEO. I'm just not buying it. Uh, it says to me, and this, uh, that they're not sure and they're willing to wait a little bit longer to see how the first portion of the year plays out. Personally, I think that's the right 
call, but don't give us the excuse that we can't recontract the coach because we're focused on our facilities. You can do, you can do two things at once. Um, so just a bit more transparency would have been mm. nice. Well, it's Look, quite, I, I'm they're, a, I'm they're climbing, aren't they? They're, they're climbing three no, wins. I'm a fan. Oh, first I, had, year I thought they'd play finals last year, yeah. and, and they should they should have played finals last year. They took some big scalps um, last year. Everything you'd want from a rebuild is tracking in the right direction, but that doesn't mean anything. When we saw Fremantle, you would have thought would have played off in a prelim final with the way that they were tracking last year, and it doesn't. Everyone gets a lot of teams get better. It's more competitive. But so hang on. So how long do you wait though? So do you say, oh, what are you uh, going to well, learn in five the, games the that you don't? Halfway point of the year half. Is, the, is the perfect. That's a fair. Well, that's a big Thurbiton no project. Steal, no one can. <laughs> but is there going to be steel delays and all well, sorts another, of foundation? Not going to come along and snatch Matthew Nix now. You've got him in contract. Is there a termite issue out at Thurbiton that requires oh, more exactly. attention? So it's just interesting the tactics and I guess the media messages that uh, clubs try and send. It says to me they're just not certain, and that's fine. Yeah, look, and this is a text from 423. No one is poaching Nick's. No need to rush in. That's not the point, though. You look after your people. It's the right thing to do. You if he is the, the man, stability. it gives everyone stability. Gives everyone yeah. stability. Gives well, the coach if, stability, they, the player stability, the club they stability. they don't know if he's the right. Well, that's it's, a it's different. not to know. But they should know. They should know is my, is my feel, because how could you possibly because have an... Because it's win-loss, and he he's hasn't had the win-loss that would make you absolutely confident that he's the guy. No, you think there's still grey there? Yeah, well, we've seen what the Giants have done. I mean, you can have the instant, all right, bang, we're on mm. here. I don't think Adelaide have given us, oh, this, this, really? he's the guy. No. Really? No? Well, they haven't played finals like, under Matthew Nix. Well, they should but have we, done, and they pushed the Premier tw- twice to within a point or two. I think they played some amazing football last year and had done enough. Not only eight teams out of 18 can play finals and they're coming from a long way back now maybe i'm more forgiving than some people but i think if you're looking at the chart and the needle the needle keeps going up so mm. you back him don't you mm. uh yeah, i'd wait i'd wait to the halfway point uh, a big game i've got to tell you their first game is against gold coast on march 16 mm. that's a huge i know gold yep. coast play opening round but that that's a that is a big game yeah looking forward to that so we touched on this earlier with michael pell he's the former uh, field umpire who was arrested very very publicly by Victoria Police, some 15, coming up on 15 months ago now, um, for suspicious Brownlow betting activity specifically. And we won't get bogged down in this too much because it is dry, the nitty-gritty, but he's being investigated for the criminal offence of the use of corrupt conduct information for betting purposes. But as every week and every month goes by, Kane, I reckon it's looking more and more likely that Victoria Police are going to end up with some serious explaining to do for this very public arrest of an umpire in relation to allegations that he engaged in conduct that corrupts or would corrupt a betting outcome. And that was November 14. Still no charges the year before. Still no charges laid by detectives from this state's Sports Integrity Intelligence Unit. Now, we've spoken in here on SEN a lot about how Victoria and other states treat the passing on of information differently because the accusation isn't that Michael Pell influenced the outcome of a sporting event per se, Mm. rather that he passed on information that he had inside knowledge of. So people who do that in New South Wales to influence betting outcomes, that's a criminal act. But here in Victoria, we only criminalise betting or communicating information to betters of corrupt conduct information. So that's what you might call passive inside information. And it's not covered in Victoria's offences. So that's, 
you know, that's mum passing on something to dad that oh, I think um, little Johnny's going to play forward this week. This is a dad, bit bigger than that, though. It, well, no, it's not. In the in the Allegedly. the way it's written in the legislation is is it's not. Now the legislative assembly transcript reads. Um, because this corrupt conduct law was introduced to Victoria in, in, I think, 2013, and this was the debate at the time. And it says here in that uh, assembly transcript, the government assures us that this bill is not intended to criminalise red-hot tips or instances where a parent or a friend bets on an outcome using information about game day tactics they obtained from a player. So that's the Victorian Crimes Act, section 195F. I said I wasn't going to get specific. So it's emerged this week that a report commissioned by the Australian government in 2017 into Australian sports integrity arrangements um, says in one section, um, the communication and use of inside information is not an offence in the Victorian legislation. And it goes on to say, even among jurisdictions that have enacted specific criminal provisions, there remain notable variations in those provisions. For instance, whereas the ACT, New South Wales, Northern Territory, Queensland and South Australia criminalise betting with inside information, Victoria does not. So here, police have to prove that mm. the sharing of inside information resulted in the corruption of the outcome of that year's Brownlow medal. And AFL Chief Executive now, Andrew Dillon, said last year that the outcome of the Brownlow had not been in impacted by the allegations made against Pell. So it, it looks as though it's going to be something that police aren't going to be able to stick. And it's been going... 15 months and counting now for this guy yeah. who who resigned for mental health reasons, has had his, obviously, his umpire career torched. Um, and it so doesn't appear as though the criminally... Legal, the legal side of things, and, and, and you explained it pretty well. What about from the AFL rules perspective, though? Like in terms of their expectation of umpires and guarding that information. Yeah, Do you think well, that's been that's been he, breached. He, he wasn't terminated. He wasn't sacked. He retired or he would resigned. He have, from would it. he have been? Though? I can't answer that. I mean, I don't think he's broken any laws as that have written. No, no, in, no AFL laws. Not that I'm aware of. We heard not so that the many AFL. Not that the AFL has ever stated on how strict they are with guarding that. And pretty much the entire umpiring fraternity has been interviewed by police, and mm. to a man, they have said that Pell is innocent of any improper conduct. So now police are pursuing the sharing of Information Avenue and they haven't been able to make it stick. And I, I think police always thought they would find the smoking gun. They would find the text message. They would find the WhatsApp group. They would find another umpire who would corroborate things and they couldn't. So, look, the truth is there, obviously, somewhere. Mm. Maybe it's greyer than what I'm making out. But as far as the way the legislation is written, there's more and more evidence coming out that it's going to be hard for criminal charges to be laid. And he has always denied any wrongdoing? Uh, on the record, I don't think he said anything. Mm. Um, it's, uh, I read in the uh, in the Herald Sun today that he is, is uh, Mr. Pell has not been charged with any offence and has denied any wrongdoing. Um, there's an article on that. Anti-gambling advocate Tim Costello mm. has demanded the AFL and sports betting companies ban wagering on the league's yeah. annual best and fairest. The round by round betting, yeah, yeah, the round by round betting. Um, uh, Tim Costello has been against for a long, long time. But um, anyway, I know the AFL released a statement, I think, to the Herald Sun yesterday around uh, that, that that's now capped round by round betting. Um, anyway, it's a it's a it's a messy. slippery slope. Well, it's yeah. Messy, messy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, should we talk some cricket as well? Yeah, why not? Well, Steve Smith, be... second test. He's yeah. going to start today. Um, it's green. It's green, and he hasn't made any runs opening the batting just yet. So he needs to make some runs. This is just uh, Steve Smith on uh, his urge to uh, to hit the scoreboard in the second test against the Windies starting today at the Gabba. You know, 
I've had a couple of nice balls um, that have sort of just gone away from me, but didn't look like they were going away from me, which has drawn me in, I suppose. That's curious, isn't it? They've gone away from it. They haven't looked like they have, but they've drawn him in. He has copped a couple of good ones there. So uh, he'll get another chance maybe well, today. Well, it's an important test match for him. I've, yeah, he needs a half century, you would think. Conditions will be tricky, but we're playing against the West Indies, for goodness sake. So mm. I think um, for them to be justified in this decision and for everyone just to take a big, deep breath and go, okay, this was the right thing to do. Um, he needs to look like Steve Smith and, and needs to make a, a reasonable score He's not alone. There's some others, particularly in our top six, that didn't perform in Adelaide and sort of was papered over by what Travis Head had done. But he's one of them, and he needs to look at his fluent best because he just hasn't looked that all summer, yeah. regardless of where he's batted. Yep, yep. So we'll see how it goes today. Pink ball uh, course and whether the Windies can fulfil their end of the bargain, actually, and, and bat for a period of time that would have this test uh, last more than a few days, although Mother Nature might have something to say about that as well for, I think, days three, four, and five, still looking a bit dicey on the Bureau as well. But Jared Waitley will bring us up to speed with uh, how things are looking up in Brisbane. Uh, on the other side of this break, I want to talk to you about Warren Treadray, Bruce Abernathy, the Port Adelaide board fight. I did read board a statement. Wars. I did read Warren Treadray's pitch as yes. well. What a vote for him would mean. Compelling, um, did it? Um, that makes some, it's pretty straight up and down, isn't it? But it's mm. probably worth reading at a few points. He he doesn't go nuclear in this statement by any stretch of the imagination, but at the same time makes it clear the difference he thinks he can make. So it's only one, um, two go into one trying, basically. So Bruce yeah. Abernathy, Warren Treadray. And um, we did try to get the Roach on because he's been right across this all the way oh, through. Roach is, is sunning himself in Italy somewhere. Ah. We, we, we couldn't get him because he's, he's overseas. And I'm not sure he's got global roaming on. But, <laughs> yeah, I want to speak about board wars as well. And we touched on Taylor Swift and what an event oh. this is going to be at the Super Bowl for our man Brooksy. If the Chiefs get through, um, Jason Kelsey, brother of Travis, um, was uh, very entertaining in the last round. He's actually spoken on his podcast. So I just want to have a listen to that on, on the other side uh, as well. Let's, 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 play it. let's play it now. Play it now? Let, okay. Let's play it into the break. This is Jason Kelsey, brother of Travis, uh, potentially brother-in-law uh, of Taylor yep. Swift after their meeting, and uh, Jason got the old uh, kid off. I'm not going to lie. I gave Kylie a heads up. The moment we got into the suite, I said, <laughs> I'm taking my shirt off and I'm jumping out of that suite. And she said, Jason, right. don't you dare. I was like, hey, it's letting you know what's happening. I'm not asking for permission. I'm doing this. Once a Kelsey man's determined, there's no f stopping him. And she was already telling me to be on my best behavior because we were meeting Taylor. This is hilarious. I was like, Kylie, when I met you, the first day I met you, I was blacked out drunk and fell asleep <laughs> at the bar. This is part of the charm. This is part of the Jason Kelsey charm. I want to make my best first impression. This is my best chance. My best first impression is the worst impression ever. So I, ha I can just build Set from that, that point. Nice oh, yeah, exactly. Jason Kelsey there. I will straighten up again after the break, I promise. Yeah, so let, let's let's drill into your football club, Kane. What's going on in this fight for a board uh, position? Warren Treadray, Bruce Appenathy, and plenty more footy and cricket topics on the other side.